It's Thursday, July 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me for the first time in a while. Thank God he's back. It's Bill Mann. Good to see you. I'm so glad to be back. I thought maybe you didn't love me anymore. You've you've been uh, anchoring the uh, the morning show on Full Live, so I'm I'm cognizant of of uh, how busy your days are lately. But I'm I'm glad to have you back. Um, we've got the latest on the oil and gas industry. Uh, we've got earnings from a health industry giant. But we're going to start with Twitter because even if you're not on Twitter, you probably have heard about Twitter being hacked yesterday. The hackers were able to gain access to a number of high profile accounts, including Elon Musk, Bill Gates. Jeff Bezos and former President Obama, in what appears to be a scam to promote a cryptocurrency. And Bill, there are a lot of questions that Twitter needs to answer for what happened yesterday. And I'm sure they are working hard to find those answers. But there's a report out there on Vice that uh, one or more employees from Twitter may have been involved in this hack. Um, whether or not that is true, uh, another question is, does Twitter have any sort of circuit breaker that they can hit if this type of thing happens uh, in the future? But um, this, is, this is one of those things where um, it's alarming, and even more so considering, on the face of it, it doesn't appear like a lot of damage was done. No, not a lot of damage was done, but it was an incredibly concerning event that happened. And it really, I mean, Twitter very quickly came to the came to the conclusion that the only way it could have happened would be is if there were some participation, whether willing or unwilling, by people who were on the inside. They got what what happened is uh, the hackers got control of some internal tools and were able to post in a massive way. Chris, you and I, uh, our our accounts were safe. Whatever it is that we've did to keep our accounts safe, it really works. So if any of the blue checks want to talk to us, I'm sure we can consult. But yeah, no, this is this is this is symbolically a really big problem for, 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 for Twitter, not so much because of what happened, but the fact that it can happen. And because Twitter has so much become you know, a, a, a place where people communicate very, very quickly, and it is so dependent upon for ongoing news and uh, information. Well, and you know, no no disrespect to the people who were hacked these are very high profile you know um business people um you know former president obama um it's not hard to imagine when you think about what we refer to as fintwit sort of the people who are on twitter for financial information that the damage that could have been done if say for example the treasury secretary's account was hacked if the president's account was hacked um so again this you know as you said this is this is alarming uh, Twitter really needs to do everything they can to unearth um, as many answers as possible. Because um, you know, even Facebook—I shouldn't even put it that way. Even Facebook, you know, Facebook is also getting questions about this because, of course, this is um, you know, this is a major social media platform that got hacked, and so everybody's security is now under the microscope. That's right. It is amazing to me, Chris. That they that, that they hacked into Twitter. They got in. They had the keys to the castle, and then they chose to put out a message that, on in some ways, was really diminutive. 
right? There was there, there was so little. They had they had the capacity for just a second to cause so much havoc. And what they did was try to you know run a Bitcoin scam. I, yeah. It's it's amazing to it could have been a lot worse. It really could have. You're exactly. It right. could have been. Although you know, if you want to uh, be a conspiracy theorist, you could look at this as well. This was just a dry run, and this you know the 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 next version of this is going to be worse. Hopefully not. But um, but um, social media platforms as a group, but especially Twitter, really under the microscope. And this is you know, Jack Dorsey has gotten a lot of praise, particularly over the last six months with. Um, uh, the other business that he runs, Square, um, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But um, now he really needs to um, step up and be the CEO of Twitter and get to the bottom of this as quickly as possible. Um, let's move on to Johnson and Johnson because second quarter profits for Johnson and Johnson came in thirty five percent lower than a year ago. This is a big company with a lot of divisions, and one of those divisions is medical devices. And with the big drop in elective surgeries. Probably not a surprise that that division in particular took a big hit. Yeah, and as you can notice, before we came on, I looked, and and Johnson and Johnson stock was essentially flat. So once again, tells you about the uniqueness of the environment that we're in. That a two hundred fifty billion dollar market cap company can have its earnings drop so much, and and the market will say, ah, yeah, we kind of knew that was coming. So obviously, anything that has any any tie to elective procedures in you know, in medicine uh, has been you know has gone down substantially. Uh, also, their beauty products division uh, had much lower earnings. They also came out and said some really neat things about developing you know some of the things that they're doing to help c- develop uh, vaccines, therapies for COVID nineteen, and they were very clear on the fact that they do not believe that profit is the ultimate goal for any of the companies, particularly Johnson and Johnson, in getting something like that out onto the market as quickly as they possibly can. You know, yesterday, Bill uh, Emily Flippin and I talked about United Health um, and the fact that they were maintaining guidance for the full fiscal year, which really sort of sets them apart from um, most companies that have just suspended guidance altogether. I was surprised to see Johnson & Johnson actually raising guidance for the full year. They, they not, not to a huge degree, but they, they bumped up their profit guidance and their revenue guidance. It is really interesting that they bumped it up, as opposed to simply saying that they, they you know, that people are are deferring, and they expect for the remainder of the year for there to be a catch up, which makes perfect sense. They went a step beyond and said, "No, no, 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 no. We are seeing beyond that reason to believe that our overall results." are going to be better than they would have been without COVID-19. And that, that to me, is an amazing statement. There are very few companies, particularly not in the, you know, that, that, that aren't in the direct COVID trade, that you could say that about. California Resources Corp., the largest oil and gas producer in the state of California, has filed for bankruptcy. And if you think you're hearing more about this topic lately, you are. Um, Bill, here are a couple of numbers. In the first quarter of this year, there were five bankruptcy declarations in the oil and gas industry. In the second quarter, 18. Yeah. And we are just 16 days into the third quarter, and this trend is continuing. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, California Resources, which was a spinoff from uh, Occidental Petroleum, which is it, itself in some real trouble, uh, has declared bankruptcy. Drilling at forty dollar oil is just not economic uh, in the in for most of the United States of America, and you are seeing companies that have tended to run a little bit on a knife's edge in terms of their financing, in terms of their economic structure, really, really seeing pain, and they're not seeing it. Uh, you know, they're they're not seeing any light at the end of the tum- tunnel. The other topic that, that that's interesting here is is simply. The amount of bankruptcies that are happening—not that, not just in that sector, but in you know in in the market in general. There is a uh, there there is a professor named uh, Edward Altman who does something called the Altman Z Score, and he came out yesterday and said there have been thirty bankruptcies so far this year where there were debts greater than a billion dollars, and he sees at least sixty more in American companies by the end of this year. So. Not only have we seen pain within the within the oil and gas sector, we are seeing huge bankruptcies, which makes it all the more remarkable that when we look at the market, it's up on the year. I I I, I don't really have an explanation for it other than, you know, we've moved. You know, the people are focusing on the companies that have been making money in a bigger and bigger way. Let me go back to oil and gas for a second. Is this now when you look at, you know, as you said, for forty dollars a barrel, is this an industry that investors should basically just stop considering for the time being? Is this one where you just like if someone's like, I'm thinking about this oil and gas company that you just don't even let them finish the sentence, you just say, No, 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 move on. Yeah, you know, I think that if you're going to do it, uh, so more than 200 oil exploration companies have filed for bankruptcy since 2015. 200. I didn't know that there were 200, right? Like, I think about this stuff all the time. I had no idea that there were 200 of them. If you are going to invest in an oil and gas company, and I would say maybe don't, but if you're going to, I think you've got to stick with the majors. You've got, this is one segment where being enterprising and really thinking about the small guys is not going to pay off very well. The oil majors ultimately have the financial backing, the financial resources that they can withstand much longer. And if you really want to make a bull case, may have the opportunity to buy up a bunch of properties and a bunch of assets on the cheap because the market is so incredibly at risk at the moment. It's the only way I would do it, Chris. Uh, One programming note, uh, CNBC reporter Kate Rooney is our guest on Motley Fool Money this weekend, uh, talking about Robinhood, fintech, VCs, what the big companies are thinking about, all of that office space in Silicon Valley. So, so check that out this weekend. Um, Earnings season obviously kicked off this week with the big banks, uh, really starts to gain steam uh, over the next few weeks. What is a company that you are curious to see? And what within that company are you looking for, Chris? My answer it's 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 going to make me seem very shallow. I, for, if it makes you feel any better, I already think you're shallow. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. So we're okay. I'm going to say Chipotle. Actually, I think I think Chipotle had they had a they they had fantastic earnings uh, in their last quarter, but. It is the company in the restaurant industry that seems like it is most well geared to managing within 
a, an environment when so, with so much has shifted to takeout, has shifted to uh, meal replacement at home. This environment ought to be really great for Chipotle. But I think if Chipotle comes out with an earnings report or revenue reports that, that, that is a little bit lower, that ought to be seen as a real risk for a bunch of other restaurant companies. So Chipotle, to me, is in, in effect the canary in the coal mine for how the industry is doing writ large. So it is something I'm really interested to see what's uh, how many burrito bowls people are buying. Uh, yeah, so that that that's the one I think is going to be interesting. You know, there have been times in the past uh, when you think about the run up of Chipotle stock. I'm thinking about 2013, 2014. You know, you know, pre health concerns, Chipotle. Um, there were quarters where going into the quarter you would look at that business and say boy they they are in the range of anything less than perfect and this stock is going to take a little bit of a hit and it it sounds like you're saying they're at that spot again not necessarily because everything is perfect because it's not because pandemic um, but because as you said within the restaurant industry they're the ones who are getting it done yeah, that's right. And so I think for I think thinking about Chipotle, what does what does how they are doing suggest about the remainder of the industry, the companies that have had to shift as hard as they have had to shift. You know, you see amazing things like Texas Roadhouse has done and amazing things that, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the sit down places, the Darden restaurants have done to to shift. Chipotle really didn't have to. So I think if Chipotle has a really good earnings report, that does bode a little bit better for the rest of the companies in the industry. Bill, man, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Chris. I've, I've enjoyed it. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.